John and at chapter 6 where we are speaking of Jesus feeding the thousands. And what a great scripture we have here. This is the longest chapter in the book of John and it is filled with signs, with wonders, with miracles of Christ. It's filled with many familiar and maybe favorite stories of many. And it's also one of which there are cross-references to here in John chapter 6, 1 to 15 in all the gospels, which doesn't always happen. There's a lot of cross-referencing here you could do. We're focusing on John today, but I do encourage you, I challenge you, go home and look to, to Matthew, Mark, and Luke and see the additional details of which we'll try to bring a little bit to light. Let's read now from John chapter 6. Please follow along. I'll take some breaks to give a little bit of commentary to talk about scripture, but we'll save most the application for after. Please follow along in your Bibles or your phones, tablets, and let's focus on God now. In John chapter 6, it starts off with this word, after this, and I do want to just acknowledge, after this means there is a continuation of Jesus' ministry. Jesus has continued on from chapter 5, but in this time, you're going to see a, a time period of the Passover and of the feast. In this time, Jesus is continuing to serve and has continued to serve with many healings. And we read this. Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because. I want to stop there for a moment. If you are one who underlines in your Bible, stars in your Bible, star, circles, makes notes, underline that word because. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But that, that's a word with, which has so much meaning. Why are these people following Jesus? We're about to read this, but then we're going to ask ourselves, why do we follow Jesus? Let's read on. It says this, a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. He was healing the sick. He was showing compassion to the sick, and he was showing compassion and healing and love to them like no other normally would but then in many ways, like no other truly could at all. So it says a large crowd was following him because of these signs which he was doing on the sick. Again, after these things, after this, going back to that first word in this chapter 6, this is what he has been doing. And crowds are following him because of this. Verse 3, it says, Jesus went up on the mountain now, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now, again, we can cross-reference this, and we can see that is in all the other gospel books as well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we can talk about why did he sit down and rest with his disciples. In fact, I preached on this once before, a message called Desolate Place, speaking to God, serving God, resting, finding rest in your desolate place. And in that, we saw that Jesus went to a desolate place and this may have been for many reasons, not just one. But the important thing is to see how he did do it. He went and he rested with his disciples. But then he didn't, he didn't rest so much that he didn't lift his eyes and see the compassion that was needed on the people before us. We're going to talk about this in a moment. Let's read on. Continuing on, it says, Now, the Passover... The feast of the Jews was at hand. Again, the whole reason why there's crowds of people coming into the scene. The Passover feast was here. So these crowds would come into the city, would come into the villages, would come together for this. 
lifting up his eyes then, even though he's taking time to rest with his disciples, possibly taking a moment to grieve the loss of John the Baptist or to teach his disciples and have some one-on-one time or to gain some rest after so much exhausting time teaching and preaching and serving and healing and showing compassion to the many. Even though there's all this, Jesus lifts up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, he didn't say to Philip, Look at the large crowds. Let's run. I've joked before that I have three doors going into my office. And that at any time I could see somebody come and I could just run another way. I have not done that. I want you to know. But Jesus didn't either. Jesus sees the large crowds coming before him. He lifts up his eyes even though he went to this desolate place, this place to rest. And he cares for the people. He asks Philip first, though. He says to this man, to this disciple, to this Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Now, ultimately, this was not just a... uh, It it wasn't really him asking for what money are we going to use and where are we going to buy bread. As we're going to see, this is a test. In fact, it says that now. Jesus cares about them eating. And he says to Philip, where are we going to buy bread so these people may eat? And verse 6 says, he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Of course, he's God. And he's also the one asking the question. And sometimes we do ask questions and we don't know. But this Jesus, he knows what he's going to do. This you could consider to be a pop quiz. A test. And why do professors, why do teachers, why do parents, why do people give somebody a little test, a little pop quiz? Sometimes it's to see what they know, but other times it's to see how are they going to apply what they know. Philip, Andrew, these disciples we're reading about, and all Jesus' disciples, they've been following him now. They've been seeing all this healing. They've been seeing him turn water to wine Help the impotent man walk again. They've been seeing these signs, these miracles. They should know better. And he's seeing, okay, with all you've seen me do, with all you know, can you apply the truth? Or are you just going to fall into this little trap? Where can we go to buy this, this food for so many people? Well, Philip, he kind of failed the test as he starts talking about the money. But then I read one pastor, and I just love this thought. Let me read it to you. I'm getting ahead of my notes, but I just love this. He says we we shouldn't beat down on the disciples too much because how often do we have to see God work before we stop doubting? How often do we have to see God work before we stop doubting and just follow him? How true is that? How true are those words? Why did he ask Philip? That's another question that some people ask. Often Peter would be the one he'd ask. as kind of the spokesperson for the group. Others say that Philip was the spokesperson for the second part of the group of the disciples, as often they're in different groups, not all 12 right at the same time. Some say that it could be because maybe Philip was from this area, and maybe Philip might know, oh, we got to go down there to... Expeditions Coffee House, they got some good bread, some good fish. They got a great fish fry. Oh, let's go to Billy's or let's go to Fat Boys. They got some good pizza. I was not paid 
for any of these promotions, I just have to say. But he asked Philip. One commentator stated it could be because the very character of Philip is he was the analyzer. He liked to analyze things. And sometimes we all overanalyze things. So Jesus wanted to see and test him. Would he remember the most obvious thing? The man asking the question. You know, something else I wrote down. As we see that the disciples still did not recognize or grasp Jesus' full power, I wrote down, it's hard to grasp onto and understand what is so far from our own power, our own understanding, our own capabilities. Let me say that again. It's hard to grasp onto and understand what is so far from our own power and our understanding. But we must constantly look to Jesus, look to his word, and give him his due respect, for he is God, and we are not. Reading on, we're at verse 8. Believe it or not, I keep getting distracted, but verse 8 says this. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Now, this barley bread, it wouldn't be like a loaf of bread. Okay, I've never seen a loaf of bread this big. That's like a fisherman's story, right? These would probably be like the size of a hamburger bun. And they would be dry. Or the fish. Most commentators say it wouldn't be the fish that I catch. It'd probably be more like little sardines or smaller fish. This was a little boy's lunch. What is this for so many? 5,000 men. Plus women and children, it's estimated 15 to 20,000 people could have been present. Jesus feeds the thousands, though, with this. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down. Emphasis on that. You can underline it if you like. I've got application after application today. The men sat down, about 5,000 in number, men Men 5,000. Verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, underline, given thanks, bold it, star it, whatever, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted, as much as they wanted, they received from two fish. And when they had eaten their fill... He told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. You can underline that too if you like. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world, perceiving what they Then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Thank you for following along in God's word and even taking a moment for the many distractions to talk about the God's word there. You know, there's many key ideas. There's many takeaways from today's text, from today's scripture. There's many ways that one may look at this. In fact, You could look at the title, Jesus Feeds the Thousands, and just really contemplate, think about that, and preach on that idea. In that, you could recognize his divine power in the fourth 
sign of which shows his divinity, his equality with God. Feeding 15 to 20,000 people is no mere easy, simple task. Let's be real. This is a Baptist church. We love our brunches, and we know how much goes into that. Can you imagine 15 to 20,000 people and with two loaves? I'm sorry, five loaves and two fish. Continuing that line of thought, one may also consider the idea here of Jesus making bread of heaven. Because he continues and makes this into so much more of which he blessed these crowds with. You could talk about how they were filled, they'd eaten their fill. Or we could consider the idea that little is much with God. Little is much with God. A little offering, a little faith becomes much when we have the right heart and the right purpose in mind and our attention is on the right character. And that's God. But acknowledging all these many key ideas, I want to say, we're not going to talk about all of them. Maybe we will in a little bit of a way, but how I want to do it is just with our application. We're moving straight to application today, which maybe is good looking at that clock back there. Don't look at your watches. Don't do it. You're tempted, I know. I have 10 applications for you. Uh-oh. We're going to work through these fast, I promise. 10 real-life applications from Jesus feeding the thousands. Here in John chapter 6, verse 1 to 15. And every one of these applications is straight from Scripture here in John 6. So you can underline, you can circle, you can star. You can contemplate it later. You can listen to it later if you didn't catch them all. But number one, we start with this. Following Jesus because... These people, they're following Jesus for all the wrong reasons. Or maybe it started off with a good reason. Jesus did these signs, these miracles. He's healing the people to help them, to show compassion on them. But also so that they would see and come to understand who he is. And it's okay that they came to him for these things. Jesus wants them to come to him. But we also need to grow in our faith and, and understanding and not only come to him for that. They came to him for the healings, the miracles, the spectacles, the entertainment. But I ask you to consider, why do we come to Jesus? Why do we follow Jesus? What do we follow Jesus for? What is our because? What is your because? Contemplate that this week. Number two, I said we're going to work through this fast. Do we, like Jesus and his disciples, take time to rest from and reflect upon life's circumstances. Or continuing this thought, do we rest with others like Jesus does here? Do we rest with fellow believers? Even more, let's take that a thought further. We should be resting with fellow believers. That, that's part of church. That's part of the fellowship here. That's part of where we get together on Sundays, Saturdays, Mondays through Friday, any day. We need fellow believers. Because when we just rest with people of the world, they don't focus us on God like we should be doing for one another. Jesus would often rest. Sometimes it was alone. Sometimes it was with his disciples. And we need to do the both as well. But in so doing, also make sure that we, in our rest, pray to and worship God. 
Sometimes in our rest, we're not truly resting. We might be taking a moment away, but as we take a moment away, we're just so busy focusing on our problems or our struggles or the woes is me that we don't truly rest in light of knowing the Father's care for us. We need to include God, praying to him, worshiping him in those times of rest. Number three, in your resting place, Do you lift up your eyes to see what God is placing in front of you? Or possibly others in need for you to show love and compassion to? Jesus, in his resting place, helped others. Now, sometimes we do need to know when to say no. And if anything, in fact, we're doing a Sunday school class right now called Redeeming Your Time, and it's talking today about the power of no. We live in a society where we have a problem with that word, no. But we also need to keep our focus on the yeses being the right circumstances. And Jesus shows care for others. Sometimes we, in our resting place, we have trouble with walking forward in the right direction. This was the right direction. Number four, moving on here. Look at that. We are already to number four. We can do it. Or I can do it. You don't care about you. You're thinking, I can walk out any moment. You're wondering, wondering, can he do it? Number four, Philip's test. Do we recognize and acknowledge the divinity and full power of Jesus, the Son of God? Do we pray and respond properly to his power? Do we fully understand that God is capable of feeding the thousands. Do we truly understand? Do we take these lessons we see in Scripture and do we truly apply them to our life and see how just as he cared for the thousands, just as he cared for that one impotent man, just as he cared for his people, the Israelites, and helped split the Red Sea to let his people walk through on dry ground and save them from the armies. He also cares for you. He has the power to do this. And you know what? I don't even want to hear us say, yes, we understand. Because we truly don't. But we can start to understand here. And with each day, we can understand more as he continues to make us more into the image of his son. And then someday, we'll know so much more in his presence. And we can look forward to that day. But each day, challenge yourself to think Am I truly applying biblical principles to this circumstance and fully understanding or at least trying to grasp God's power to deliver me here? Number five, moving forward here. Another application, the boy's offering. Five barley loaves and two fish. What are we, what are we willing to offer to God These are little to some, but much to others. But this was little. This was much to this boy. Sometimes we offer much too little to God. But sometimes our little is much and a lot. Each one of us, what we offer to God is a specific situation, a specific number. And we can't compare what we're offering to one another whether it be financially, whether it be our time, whether it be our energy that we're sacrificing or our talents, we all need to decide what is best. But we do need to constantly consider what are we offering to God? And then as we offer that to God, are we truly offering to him for his kingdom and for his glory or for ourselves? 
This boy offered little, but God would make it much. For little is much with God when given with the right heart and with, for his purpose. God can and will multiply your little when given with a right heart and a right purpose. One pastor stated, I believe it was Tony Evans, don't let your lack of sources or resources limit what God can do. You ever have that feeling that I just don't have what I need? I, I just can't make a difference here. I can barely survive. I don't have what I need. Don't let your lack of sources or resources limit what God can do. Offer him whatever you've got and look to see how he takes it for his kingdom, for his glory. And in so doing, number six, number six, listen to and obey God. Notice, and this is one of the things you could underline, the crowds sat down. Notice, too, you have two commands here, listen to and obey. There's a vast different meaning between just listening and obeying. Men, I'm going to pick on you. We can listen to our wives a lot, but it does us good to also obey them. Women, the same is true sometimes. (laughs) How often do we have that male selective hearing? I know I do. It goes both ways though, right? We need to listen and obey God. These people, they listened to Jesus. They listened to his command and they sat down. They probably thought Jesus was insane, a crazy man. There are simply five loaves and two fish and there's 5,000 men alone specified here. 5,000 men. What does he think he's gonna do? I don't wanna waste my time sitting. I need to get walk into town. But no, what we see is they listened and they obeyed and they trusted in his provision. We too must listen, obey him, sit down and await God's provisions. Sometimes the very reason we haven't seen his provision is because we're too busy trying to make our own way instead of seeing his way. Sometimes this takes longer than desired, but those who wait for the Lord will be sustained and provided for. Await his provision, stay true to him, and just as God cares for all his creation, he will care for you. Sometimes that means looking forward to that ultimate healing in heaven someday, but he will sustain you till then. Number seven, moving forward, give thanks. Give thanks. And as we give thanks, we need to offer prayers of thanksgiving even in the midst of your insufficiency. I want to acknowledge that. What we see in this scripture, when Jesus gives thanks here, it's not just after the fact. We must give thanks with whatever we have, knowing that no matter how little it is, God can make it much. Jesus gave thanks for the food before distributing and enjoying. How much more should we thank our Heavenly Father for his constant compassions and provisions and the future hope we have in him? Sometimes this means thanking him before receiving, before seeing, and before understanding. Let me say that again. Sometimes this means thanking God before receiving, before seeing, or before understanding. Sometimes that simply looks like saying, Lord, I don't know how you're going to work in this situation. I don't know how you're going to help me. 
I don't know how you're going to help my wife. I don't know how you're going to help our marriage or our finances, Lord, but I'm going to keep living and trusting you and worshiping you. And I'm going to trust that you know what you're doing. Thank you now for what I know you're going to do. Thank him now, not just later. Number eight, moving on fast here. Number eight, expect much and receive much from God. They had eaten their fill. Everything comes up to this moment. They sat down, they listened and obeyed, they gave thanks, they expected much, they received much from God. They didn't just get a little snack. They had eaten their fill. God provides in us this way every day. Abundantly, he provides for us. We should expect much and receive much from God. We must open our eyes and see the abundant provisions of which God blesses us with. And maybe, just maybe, we should start an ongoing list. Start an ongoing list each day to recount our blessings one by one. Anybody remember that song? You see, it's not a new idea, but I think it's somewhat a lost idea. We get so focused on our needs that we fail to see all the many ways God is already sustaining us. And in the moments in between, acknowledge all these ways that he cares for you. And then finally, number nine, that nothing may be lost. Jesus said to gather all the scraps, gather all together that nothing may be lost. One um, commentator stated that the 12 baskets full could have been like doggy bags for the disciples because often the, the servants would be so busy caring for the people that they wouldn't care for themselves and they would get the scraps. Where here Jesus did not forget his disciples, the servants. And he also shows us that he will provide so well for you that there will be leftovers. There will be leftovers. Sometimes that leftover is something you see in the physical form. Sometimes it's in the emotional form. Sometimes it's in the spiritual form. Sometimes it's just in the hope we have of the future form. But lastly, number 10. See King Jesus for who he is meant to be. These people, they began to understand who he was, but they only wanted the physical realm of things. They wanted the physical substance that this King Jesus could bring. They didn't yet fully grasp all he could bring. And so Jesus left. Jesus left. They wanted a king to be over their lives in ways which only an earthly king would ever be, to give them freedom from the opposition of Rome, to bring them healings, to bring them miracles, to bring them good wealth and healings. We must see Jesus as a king to follow, but not just a king over the physical, emotional, but a king who provides eternal life and hope, restoration with the Father in heaven, and wisdom for a righteous way to live and serve. Now, there's your 10 points. I've given you a lot of application today, but the question is, what are you going to take home? What are you really going to look to? And that's my finally, final challenge. We all should be praying for one another that as we leave, that we really contemplate these things. Continue to contemplate Jesus' words, his actions, his disciples' actions, the crowd's actions. See what Jesus did that day. 
And then also think, how are we going to act this day, tomorrow, and forevermore in light of this scripture? Amen? Amen. Before we close in prayer, three quick things. Again, I invite you, stick around for Sunday school. It's our second week of full Sunday school. We're back. There's a place for everyone. Two, remember the Wednesday night options. Again, place for everyone, but also there's an option every day of the week. We love to fellowship with our people. But in so doing that, don't forget to also fellowship with the community and with others. Don't forget about the Fall Fest. Invite somebody to come. There will be pulled pork, freshly smoked and made. There will be games. There will be music. There will be pumpkins and painting and more. There will also be a cornhole tournament to which I know Jessica is desperately awaiting more people to call her and sign up. And if you desperately want a purpose to come, contact us. We'll find a place for you to serve too. Don't forget about the ushering schedule and other places. We need your help. Let's pray and we'll close in song. Lord, we thank for this day. We thank you for every day knowing that we have a Savior who loves and cares for us. And every day, Lord, you lift up your eyes and you show compassion to your people. We thank for the salvation we have through Jesus and through faith alone. And we thank you, Lord, that you never, you never cease showing us mercy and grace. May we look up to you every day and worship you. May we consider, may we contemplate what is our because. And may we see how you feed your people every day of our lives. May we show you love. May we show love for your people, all your people. And may we go out and make disciples. It's in your holy and powerful name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Let's turn our eyes upon Jesus now. Please stand and join us.